Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Ben Hunter. I'm here with my fellow Booktopian and crime lover, Sarah McDooling, and it's our great pleasure to be in the studio with Gary Disher, a veteran author of many novels. His latest is called Peace. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here too. Gary, would you like to introduce us to this um, really interesting new novel, Peace? Uh, Peace uh, introduces us to a a lone uh, country cop, one officer police station cop in the mid-north of South Australia, wheat and wool country, halfway between Adelaide and Broken and the Flinders Ranges. And uh, uh, he's a rather put-upon character. He's young, he doesn't know the bush, he's uncomfortable in the bush, and it's Christmas time and things are starting to go wrong. And he's it's a testing time for him. Uh, but... And, of course, some serious crimes occur and senior police come in and shunt him to the side. But Hirsch is always there right through to the end. The ending is in his hands, obviously. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm a great fan of yours, but I have to admit I haven't actually read Bitterwash Road. I now have a burning desire to read Bitterwash Road. Um, but I just wanted to sort of call out to anyone listening, if you haven't read Bitterwash Road, you can certainly pick up peace, and you will leave peace determined to get your hands on Bitterwash Road. Yeah, well said. Yeah. <laughs> what immediately hits the reader is this wonderful character, Paul Hirsch, um, a guy who is forced out of the suburbs into a, a one-cop station uh, in the middle of, uh, yeah, as you say, uh, wheat and wool country. Uh, there's not another cop for miles. And he's discovering this place as... Um, as you are, um, it's a it's a it's a slow burn, uh, which we In say the with the way. best of <laughs> intentions. I um, like a slow burn, to be honest. I know it's often said. People often say, "Oh, you know, you have to really persist with this one because it's a slow burn." And what they really mean is, it's really boring in the beginning, and then it gets good. This is not like that at all. It's just that it sort of you're almost approaching the pretty much halfway mark before what is arguably the central crime happens. Plenty of stuff goes on beforehand. But um, reading it, it's kind of, you're wondering where it's going. You're, you're full of this, like, for me, I was figuring out Hirsch because I didn't know him. So I was piecing together this um, disgrace from his past and how he came to the town and Wendy and, like, all of this, all of this stuff. But I'm rambling, aren't I? <laughs> I just really well, enjoyed it. I just want to get across that I really enjoyed it and I really love the way you handle the slow burn technique. Can you well, talk to that, us about that? It's probably a, a rule of thumb that crime novels have to have a murder in the first page or the first chapter, yeah. but um, I was more interested in uh, exploring a community because terrible things are going to happen to this community uh, which won't mean anything to the reader until they know the community. So I wanted to establish who these people are, what sort of lives they lead, what sort of character Kirsch is. I mean, he's dealing with minor crimes all the way through these early chapters. But then wham, there's the whammy, a couple of whammies, yeah. uh, particularly on Christmas Day. Uh, so that was, it was a deliberate tension, intention on my part just to build up a character and a town and a region before things start to go wrong. And really build that suspense. Because if I can just... This is spoiler-free, to be, 
to be honest. I'm just <laughs> going to talk about the vague structure and feel that I got reading this book, which was that you're in the town, tension is building. These crimes are occurring and they're really disquieting like, and horrific in some points and you don't know who's behind it. Then something really terrible happens and then you... Are, it's impossible to look away from the pages until this resolution <laughs> where everything comes together so elegantly and I just cannot understand how you're able to do it. What level of planning goes into it before you start writing? Okay, well, I, I think I'm getting better at my job now. <laughs> I, I've written, I've had about 50 books published. Not all of them have been novels, of course, but quite a few have been crime novels and I'm getting better at having many balls in the air um, and weaving them together of showing links late in the story, of having teasers all the way through. So it, all these small crimes that happen early in the novel, they're not there just for the sake of showing the daily life of a, of a young country cop. They all resonate at the end. They all link to something else that's happening or to another yes. person. Uh, to, another way of answering your question is that I'm a planner. Okay. Some of my peers say they don't plan. Uh, Early in my writing career, I wrote liter so-called literary short stories and novels, and uh, I worked on the premise of uh, the Irish writer Sean O'Fallon that all you need is a character, a situation, and a promise—a promise for the reader and the writer of of an answer for whatever problems are being posed. And I, uh, I wrote my early novels and stories like that as a voyage of discovery. But I tried that approach with the first Wyatt novel. <laughs> Wyatt is a professional criminal he robs banks and payroll vans and uh, it didn't work I realized I needed to plan them that there had to be a certain uh, element of uh, trickery on my part of, of uh, techniques that a crime writer uses like turning points and buried secrets and delaying tactics and all those sorts of things so you need I to now know where it's going exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. So I now plan in great detail. I spend several weeks, sometimes two or three months planning. Uh, but I always listen to the voice at the back of my head. I always listen to my instincts. So if I, the voice at the back of my head says, she would never do that, given the sort of person she is, then I'll listen to the voice rather than the, what the plan has dictated. Did that happen in the writing of Peace? Uh, not so much. I think I, I pretty much trusted what I had there. Yeah. yeah. You, there's a character in the book that I... I mean, I'm now, I will follow Paul Hirschhausen wherever he goes from now on and I'm going to go backwards and find what happened to him in the beginning. But aside from him, Craig in this book, um, I really loved. I really loved that character. Is it inspired by anything in particular? It's quite an eccentric person. Uh, I don't know where Craig came from. <laughs> I just knew that I wanted this eccentric character who lives out in the bush but he became through the planning process and later through the writing process he became much more central to the story so mm. it was an accidental discovery in some ways yeah that happens to me too and he was not he wouldn't have been in the previous Hirsch book correct he no he was been introduced yeah. yeah so but we'll see him again <laughs> well possibly yeah he's <laughs> making requests <laughs> <laughs> Gary you've been publishing books since the 1980s, I believe. Yeah. Um, what were your first impressions of the book world, the industry? Um, what stayed constant and what has changed? Um, I have to admit that I have a very long history, as I've said, and it's only in recent years that I've had a sense of a readership. 
Um, partly that was me setting up a website and then getting, <laughs> getting emails. But even so, that was maybe one email a month. I still don't get much reader feedback. I'm starting to get more. That surprises so me. So I've been writing in a bubble most of my writing life. I've had no sense of a readership that's starting to change. Uh, I'm starting to become popular overseas. I've made next year. I'm making my fourth author tour of Germany, where I've been on. Recently, I've had two books on bestseller lists. You're in Germany. really big in Germany. So, do you know what's causing that? Uh, no. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, you write. It, it's you write very well. been explained to me to, in some right. some levels that uh, Germany is a book-loving nation. Mm. Um, they value reading learning, uh, they value bookshops, uh, they're not, uh, they welcome books in translation, whereas I think there's a resistance in, amongst general Australians to books in translation. Um, I asked an, a German academic why my character Wyatt was popular in Germany. Because he's awesome? <laughs> was that the response? Well, no, no, he said that Germany is a well-ordered, polite respectable society mm. but Wyatt is his own man who rob, <laughs> robs banks and payroll vans he's uh, not hemmed in by doubts and um, laws and, and regulations so they find that appealing who, who wouldn't so. to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but the other big change too is technological of course of uh, um, um, books on uh, uh, iPads and whatever, yeah. that sort of thing. And uh, talking books have become a big thing. Early in my writing career, talking books were really for uh, vision-impaired people. Um. Now everybody's buying talking books for, to play in the car or whatever. Is it? it is a great so, way to read and do other things at the same yeah. time. <laughs> so I've seen, I, I've seen big changes, yeah. yeah. That's, that's so interesting. You have a, um, a piece in The Guardian that came out very recently... Um, which you lovingly detail the indignities of being an author. <laughs> yeah. um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, have we? Do you feel like we've gone overboard today in holding up authors, creators of fiction, um, who are just trying to tell stories that they love um, and entertain readers into having opinions on public issue and be answerable to interpretations of their writing? Yeah, the, what I ha what I hate if I ever I appear in public is I'm asked to give an opinion on some matter in the news as, as though yeah. I might be some expert and I'm not. Um, I, I think I think uh, the publicity around some authors has gone too far or can mm. potentially go too far. Is it changing? Is it getting worse? I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm still reeling over the fact that you were not seemingly aware of your readership until yeah. recently. That blows my mind. It's astonishing to it hear must someone be a, It must be a, a, a growing and recent, more recent phenomenon for um, authors of, of, of all genres mm. um, to, to, have to have direct access to their readership and, and, and publishers maybe to expect that direct contact. Mm. Do, you, do you think that's correct or...? Yeah, well, what caused you to decide to have a website? <laughs> <laughs> was it a publisher or an agent? Uh, publisher, you... publisher and agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suggested it was a good idea. That makes and sense. I set it up myself and it was very amateurish. <laughs> but 
uh, with some publisher input, and I'm very grateful. There's a new Flash website up now. Nice. <laughs> uh, what can we look forward to from you next? I'd like to write another standalone. I'd like to push at my boundaries. I'd, mm. I'd like to keep fresh and writing another standalone, i.e. this is a character who hasn't appeared before, um, is, is a way of keeping me fresh as a writer. But then again, I'll, I'll go to a talk at a library and they'll say, Where's the, when's the next Wyatt or when's the next Inspector Chalice novel? So yes. I'm feeling the pressure too from my adoring fans to <laughs> <laughs> write another in a series. <laughs> Do you feel like people request one character more? Probably Wyatt more than yeah, any other. that yeah. doesn't surprise me. Oh, I think uh, Paul Hirsch <laughs> is going to be on the rise. <laughs> um, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me too, thanks. And you can buy all of Gary Dish's books, including Peace, the most recent, at booktopia.com.au right now. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.